Hello, hello, hello. This is Thumbs United. I'm doing this stream again because I failed last time. Um, the music was too loud. I tried to edit it down and I couldn't edit it down. So we're going to do the quick up, quick update again. No big deal. I have time. But I guess that was practice. So the first thing uh, update I've been talking about for the past you know three years um stuff about my health uh i had covid i was like i'm a covid hipster i i had covid before covid was like popular i got it in january of 2020 they didn't really tell us uh, that covid was around until like march of 2020 uh, that's when they started doing the lockdowns and everything um I've heard reports uh, coming out of China that, that COVID was uh, spreading around around uh, like uh, October of 2019. Uh, I remember there was a story about uh, this ophthalmologist who was saying, hey, there's some kind of, um, you know, disease that's spreading, uh, respiratory disease. And... Uh, the Chinese officials, they were like, what are you trying to do? Trying to like spread panic. And uh, so they actually arrested him and uh, the ophthalmologist who, you know, was right on the money. Uh, he actually died in prison of COVID-19. So like COVID's been around for a lot longer than they said. But uh, I got COVID in, in, 20, in 2020 and it's just been difficult ever since. My um, one doctor says I probably what I have now is long COVID because I've been having like all these symptoms and no one's been able to, you know, really pin down what's going on. And so one of the kind of, this is gross, this is TMI, uh, but one of the, one of my issues is uh, my GI tract. And so like I'm not able to essentially go, you know, number two. And uh, so from 20, so from 2020 to really 2023, it's been extremely difficult, uh, you know, to go to the restroom. And, and I, I kind of knew early on, in like 2021, that I needed a gastroenterologist, but uh, my provider didn't think so. And then I went had to go to urgent care because I kept getting really sick after I ate. And, it, and it, originally I thought it was like nightshades, so plants like potatoes, tomatoes, and all that stuff, because I noticed that's when I would get really sick, is when I ate those, but then it ended up that it was pretty much any food I ate. Anytime I went to digest thing, I, I got really sick. I would break out in hives um, and things like that. So then after going to urgent care a couple of times and they gave me antibiotics and it, it helped, but it was only temporary. It would like help and I'd be okay for maybe a month or two. And then uh, I, I get sick every time I ate. So finally, uh, so then uh, the doctor was like, okay, you, you're having issues. And so, like, I was eating, I had to do a food journal. 
So I was eating about 900 calories a day. And um, I was extremely cold. I was like not generating a lot of heat. But then I was also gaining weight while eating less, eating you know one or two meals a day. So it kind of didn't make sense. So then I went, so then they're like, okay, we're gonna give you an ultrasound. So this was 2022. I go, I get the ultrasound. I'm in like a huge amount of pain. And uh, they're like, we can't see anything. The ultrasoundist was like, you're, so what happened was in my ab abdomen where the pain was, there was like this layer of air. And so the, the ultrasound can't see through air. And so I joked and I was like, so you're telling me I'm like Big Hero 6. I'm just a balloon. And we couldn't figure out what was in there. So they couldn't see. They're supposed to be looking at my liver. They found part of my gallbladder and, uh, and they said I had like gallbladder sludge and everything. And uh, so I kind of assumed for a while that, oh, I'm having gallbladder issues. So I, I modified my diet to like eat things that were like healthy for liver and gallbladder uh, but then I kept getting sick and so I I got a CT scan and the CT scan found that I had that there was something didn't they didn't find what was blocking my intestines but they could see that they were backed up and that was a whole ordeal because I had to drink this stuff called contrast and it makes it so it can you know it increases the contrast of the image uh, from the CT scan and the CT scans like it's just a donut you go through it takes like three seconds for it to scan you and uh, So that happened They were able to see like hey this guy actually is having issues You know, it's not something that's gonna be fixed by eating more prunes and so I was I was trying that I was doing prunes apricots um, They had me doing my uh, they had me doing uh, all I can think of was magnesium, but that's not it. Miralax. I'm doing Miralax and then increasing fiber with Metamucil. None of that worked. And uh, if I don't recommend if you're having like the amount of pain and difficulties that I was having um, this, but if you're like having normal constipation like a normal human being uh what you can do is yeah you can drink you know prunes you can eat prunes and apricots and that will work normally but if you need to like supercharge it what you do is you actually soak the prunes or apricot in um they're dried prunes and dried apricot you soak them in water in like a cup full of water for like a half hour or 40 minutes and then you eat the prunes and then you drink the water so you might say well why don't you just eat apricot you know not dried and i don't know but don't, i don't know why but doing it this way uh it like supercharges it so it's even better at helping you have a bowel movement <laughs> but that didn't even work so then i went to uh so we had the ct scan didn't know what it was and so then they were like, okay, you actually need the gastroenterologist. So I got him. Got him in 2023. And we do, uh, I get a colonoscopy. 
And the guy was like, <laughs> it's kind of like those memes, like the Jesus memes where it's like, uh, you are my most, the person was like, why do you make my bed so comfortable? And Jesus is like, cause you are my sleepiest child. But no, so I get the, the colonoscopy and I was like, so what was it? You know, was there a blockage or what? So I ended up, he was like, you are the most, it was the most difficult, longest colonoscopy and they weren't able to see everything he said so they could only see partial but they could see that there was a lot of blockages so I was like oh so then for a year now well this March I will be for a year I will have been on Linzess and so I thought Linzess was like great like this miracle drug and I thought it was like fixing things, but it turns out it was just kind of masking things. So for whatever reason, it's difficult for my pharmacy to get it. It's not like a rare drug or something. They just don't usually have it in stock. And uh, so what I've noticed is, so I'll run out and then it will be like two weeks uh, for them to get it back in stock. A lot of times because they forget that they're supposed to stock it and everything. So then um, I've noticed that when I stop taking Linzess and then I start taking it again, it doesn't work as well the second time. So I thought it was fantastic. It worked great uh, when I was first on it. Uh, then there was about a two week break and then it didn't work so well after that. So that happened another two times and I, I kind of looked up the stuff. So it turns out that the Linzess is kind of like, it's a, a pain reliever that's like specifically for your intestines and it helps uh, your intestines kind of like go back to normal by relieving the pain so that uh, they're not just you know seized up they can actually do the contractions that they're supposed to do and it, instead of essentially being you know locked completely closed so that's like oh so that's really just a fan fast it's really just like a really fancy pain reliever that so so I've been getting really sick and uh, so I've been traveling also uh, I was going to California because uh, I'm scanning my family's negatives to to give to the rest of the family and everything so I'm scanning all these albums and everything which is a whole nother story and uh, so each time I do it, there's like, you know, 2,000. I think I've scanned a total just just in this trip. I've scanned 2,000. Uh, the last trip, I've done four, done 3,000 uh, images. And so that's scanned them, cropped them, uh, retouched them, everything, all that stuff. And it's been like, it's been so much fun. Like, I love doing restoration. And I, I kind of plan on doing like a side business. Uh, once I get back home, of uh, doing uh, uh, just doing local um, negative scanning and album scanning and things like that. But um, so I've been doing that. But then over Christmas, my doctor called, just my general practitioner, and he was like, "Oh, time for your yearly physical." And I was like, oh, I gotta get it done. And 
Oh, that's my dog. And so, I didn't think, you know, I've been having a lot of abdominal pain. Every time I eat, I'm getting dizzy and nauseous and stuff. So it's like a different sickness where it's not so much painful. It's like, I don't know, I get kind of loopy and it's difficult to focus. So then I go and I think, oh, they're just going to do a physical. Um, I take blood pressure medicine and so I'm just like, I need, I just need a, a refill of that. And, uh, so I'm like, I just need a refill of that. And, uh, they did, you know, kind of just yearly, uh, blood work. And so then my lipids came back and they were like, they were atrocious. Uh, this isn't part of the lipid. It was part of the metabolic thing, but I had, my glucose was at like 99. And my body is like a jokester because it's like, ha, 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 pre-diabetes is when you have a glucose level of 100. But we're just going to go up to 99. And I was like, oh. And I say that because I don't eat that much sugar. Uh, I don't drink soda. And uh, so I was like, what is that? And then uh, back to the lipids. The lipids were atrocious i had um this liver enzyme there's two of them there's like uh ast and alt and alt my my alt was like beyond out of range being really high and i was like oh no and then uh my ast was it was fine and so the alt is like if your liver's been working really hard for a long time then it's struggling and uh, the liver can take a beating like it doesn't complain until it like things are really bad for the liver and then it starts leaking enzymes into the blood so that was like that's where i was at i was like oh no so i'm doing research and they're like oh you know and next stage is it's like um that, so it's a fatty liver they say and then, like, the next step is cirrhosis. And I'm like, oh, great cirrhosis. And I was kind of getting, like, annoyed because it's like, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do hard drugs. Like, I, I take medications. So that's the other thing is, like, medications are processed in the liver. So that could have been, like, why my liver's having problems. I don't know. Like, now I'm taking a lot of medications. I take uh, antidepressant, uh, blood pressure thing, and then the lenses. So I was like, oh, great, now fatty liver. So I changed my diet. I I think it's it's like it's a coffeeless greens or something. But anyway, I'm a vegetarian. But so I just increased the amount of salads. Like spinach, arugula, eat a ton of it, ton of olive oil. So are all things that are supposed to help your liver. Um, cabbage. And then uh, eat a lot of broccoli, cauliflower. Just whole foods, not processed. And then um, 
I was still really sick. So then I cut out carbs because uh, my glucose was high for like for no reason. And let me tell you, carbs are addicting. Uh, I cut them out and I had the biggest like straight up sugar craving ever. It was obnoxious. Was, and uh, so I cut those out. I'm still getting sick back and forth, back and forth. But and this has only been a month. This has been since Christmas. So uh, just a couple of days ago, I was still really sick. I had a lot of pain in my abdomen. Okay, I'm back. So then I... Uh, I'm like still getting sick. Uh, like every time I eat, I like balloon up. Uh, I've gotten to the point where it's like, oh, I can't, can't go number two reliably. And uh, you know, now that my, let's say my glucose is wrong and I'm having liver issues. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because the liver is in the upper right quadrant, and that's where the pain is. I'm like, if I even press on it, it like gets angry. So now I have, in a couple of days, I am finally going back to my gastroenterologist. My mom's like, I have to be really firm and say, you know, everything that's going wrong, that it's getting a lot worse, and blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm hoping it's an easy fix. And so, like, I'm sick for like maybe five days of the week, and then I'll get some relief maybe one day or two. And it's like, what? What's that? I have no idea uh, what's going on. And so that's going to be my health update. So I'm kind of thinking like maybe it's like diabetes or something. Or it's pancreatitis where because uh, I've been constipated so long the pancreas is like blocked and eating itself. Or maybe something to do with the gallbladder. Like, I don't really care what it is as long as it gets fixed. But then, uh, the other thing, so I've been doing a lot of negative scanning. And then, uh, I've also been programming a little bit. A lot of the, a lot of, there's a problem with digital, where when digital first came out, of course, the, the megapixels were a lot lower. And so, like, in 2004-2005, we had the 5D, and that was, like, the best, a Canon 5D. And so, like, that was industry standard, but it was only, like, 12 megapixels. Uh, I had a 40D, 
a Canon 40D. That was 10 megapixels, and like they were good image sensors and everything. They were just very low um, megapixels. And then the ones before that are even lower. And so I've been uh, trying to come up with a way to upscale the images uh, without a lot of artifacts. And so when you're upscaling, you can do like an aliasing upscale. You can do nearest neighbor. You can do bicubic. And so, um, like each one is better at some things. Like actually aliasing is better for downscaling. Um, but it's kind of essentially uh, like doubles the pixels. So it makes like four pixels next to each other. Uh, the same color instead of it being one pixel. And so there's no like real increase in quality and uh, depending on how it does it. Sometimes it will do alternate like left pixel, right pixel and duplicate it that way. But So it's not really that good at upscaling. It's good for a little, little bit of things like maybe you have a smaller photo and you put it in full screen. But the problem is with my flotations. Uh, the photographic animations, it will take like an image and then uh, you might start off with 10 megapixels but then when you zoom in and do that animation it goes from 10 megapixels to using you know 4 megapixels of the image uh, as you magnify it more and more and uh, so you really have to have a higher megapixel thing if you want a high quality animation all the way through and so if you're using uh, 1080p, that's about 1.6 megapixels uh, screen size. And that's not too bad. Uh, like if you're doing a 10 megapixel photo, you can zoom in a little bit and not have to worry. But then uh, if you're doing 4K, 4K is 8 megapixels. So... You know, the photos 2 by 3 you have to crop it a little bit to get it into uh, 16 by 9 so you're just losing all these megapixels and so you, you don't have that much you can zoom in and out with a 2 megapixel difference from the screen size to the uh, image size and so that's why I'm trying to come up with better upscalers so I found this one AI upscaler uh, I do all the a all my AI stuff I do I do in Python with PyTorch and um, and everything and so I'm getting into using CUDA and the machine learning that way but um, so with PyTorch I would have to use the CPU and then I could take a 10 megapixel image and multiply it by four. And what's cool with the AI is that essentially it redraws it, so like it finds the lines and then it kind of graphs the line over it and redraws the, the textures and everything and gradients. So it's not like before where it was just, you know, copying and pasting the pixels. It's kind of like it's drawing over your image, but on a higher megapixel canvas. And like it's really good uh like there will be like a street sign like for uh i went to italy and there was like a street sign like way off in the distance and like it the text was almost readable like it was pretty well defined the problem is that when it gets to like the higher megapixels 
uh, it starts to get a little squiggly. Uh, not like noise artifacts, but actual like kind of waves in the what was once straight lines. It's not much, but so taking a 10 megapixel, it jumps it up to like 100 megapixels. So if you go for like a one-to-one -one ratio, like an actual size image, uh, you can see it. But if you only go, if you take the AI upscaled one and then go to uh, like like zoom in, uh, maybe 40 percent, 40 or 50 percent, you can't see it. So it's actually better to like do the full upscale to like 100 megapixels and then downscale it back to like 30 or so. So you went from like 10 megapixels to, you know, high quality 30. But the problem is that, so you take 10 megapixels, it takes forever and it needs like, I'm not joking, it needs over 100 gigs of RAM. Uh, so what I did was I bought a server, an end of life server, and it cost about 150 and then uh, eBay was having this sale. This person was trying to get rid of their RAM, and it was like, you could get it in packs of 48, it was only like 20 bucks. So like, it was really inexpensive for me to get a server with 128 gigs of RAM. But the problem is it's the CPU, and so CPUs can do like two or three th things at the same time. Um, it can do really complex operations and comparisons. But with machine learning, you have to do thousands of uh, calculations simultaneously. And that's like why uh, machine learning uses graphics cards and CUDA cores and everything. And so you can do it on the CPU, but uh, like I said, it would take about a full day, like 16 hours to process one image. I was like, oh, there has to be a faster way. And uh, so I actually did upgrade some of my GPUs to um, to 3060, the 3060 RTX, because it has 12 gigs of RAM. But like I said before, you needed like 100 gigs of RAM to be able to process uh, a 10 megapixel image. So I was like, well, we can we can shrink the image. Well, do a piece of the image. So I wrote this Python script that goes through. It cuts the images into pieces, and I have it doing like 10,000 uh, pixels. And that sounds like a lot, but it's not, because a megapixel is is one million pixels. So only doing 10,000 pixels, it's like it's a very small uh, piece of the image. And so then it upscales uh, a piece of it. And so it doesn't take that much RAM. Uh, only doing a 10,000 pixel thing takes like 4 gigs, 4 or 5 gigs of graphics card RAM. So that was nice, and it's a lot faster. So I did that, but then when it puts all the tiles back together, there was like some parts where it was mismatched. Uh, not the tiles, but like let's say there was uh, like a pole. Like it would be kind of misaligned to like the bottom poles part of the poles there and then in the next tile the the poles over there and so you have to remember it's redrawing it kind of taking effect the whole image but it doesn't see the whole image it only sees that one piece of an image so its estimation is off a little bit so that doesn't work with tiling 
And I was like, oh, there has to be a better way. So instead of using PyTorch and using the AI model I was using, I switched to uh, OpenCV. They have um, the Deep Neural Network uh, library, which is another form of the AI upscaling, but it doesn't take advantage of the graphs card. You have to actually compile it, and that took forever. I got everything set up, compiled OpenCV uh, to use CUDA, and it's like, it's so picky. It's like you have to set up these parameters correctly if you want uh, CUDA to work with your uh, GPU architecture. So not only is it like you have to use NVIDIA, but you have to tell it what architecture your graphics card is. So if you compile it one way, it works with the 3000 series. If you compile it a different way, it works with the 4000 series. If you compile it another way, it works with uh, the server graphics cards, like the A100s and the T40 and things like that. So it's like, it's very ornery. So I got that and it just blasts through. It does um, the 10,000 pixel tiles. It blasts through a hundred of them. And it's about like, I think there's like 600 tiles for a 10 megapixel image and it will do it does like you know 50 or 100 of them every every like 30 seconds and so that's a lot faster it takes about maybe 15 minutes to work on a whole image and so it takes a 10 megapixel image it blows it up to 100 and then uh, when i'm animating it's downscaled to whatever and there's with the OpenCV, there's noise, but there's none of that misalignment. There's none of that waviness. Um, the pixels do look a little compressed. Uh, if you, I mean, if you, you know, if you do deal with streaming videos, sometimes there's like artifacts. So there are a little bit more of those artifacts, but again, if you don't zoom in to the one-to-one -one ratio of the 100 megapixel file, then you, you don't really see it. So I did that. That was, took a long time to figure out. And then what else? Got sick, did negative scanning, wrote programs. And that's pretty much it. I'm trying to grow YouTube and uh, um, yes, YouTube and other sites. I'm getting into podcasting more. Um, I have several podcasts that are releasing reliably. There's one podcast I do, which is the Percy uh, F. Percy F. Um, oh man, I gotta look it up. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's the uh, Percy F. Westman uh, visual audiobooks from Potations. There's that podcast I'm working on. And that one's coming out every Thursday. Uh, like that one is, is 
locked and loaded and everything scheduled to like April. That was it. And then I'm doing another one, uh, which is called Reading Junior Classics. Uh, and it's each podcast episode is is uh, one story from the junior classics. And I know I've done that before. I've read the entirety of uh, the junior classics one. I've started two and got him pretty far. Uh, but I'm re-recording them because I want to have it story by story. So I can have it kind of like, okay, you can search for, like, I want all the stories from Native, from um, American Indians. And I'll have those stories. Or I want all the Greek uh, stories. I'll have that. Um, so it's meaning to make it more searchable. And then I do uh, do uh, closed captioning. That's a big of what I do because they're supposed to be educational and I also want it to be for like helping to read and everything and uh, so it being the smaller stories I can go back and proofread uh, the closed captioning to where it's like 100% correct and get all the names and everything of the folk tales correct so that's that's the other thing I'm working on and why I'm doing the shorter versions of the reading junior classic podcast so that's that's that and then this is going to come out as the some united podcast and then i'm working on uh doing more uh music music videos and stuff not like music music videos but like relaxing nature videos on my flotations youtube channel And then that's going well. Uh, the videos are getting between like 2K and 5K views. I'm currently doing a series where I recorded, I already aired part of it on Twitch as the reruns, but uh, I w went to the Pacific uh, air show where they did, you know, all these flying kind of acrobats and stuff uh, with airplanes and military planes. So I recorded it, but I recorded it in 120 frames per second. So I released a version uh, with it in slow-mo. So there's six parts. And I published part two earlier today. And that one, I think, not part two, but part one got, uh, like I think it was like three 3K views. And I'm like so close to being... Uh, back to back to being able to be monetized I used to be monetized but then they had the Logan Paul thing where he did the uh, the suicide forest in Japan and YouTube went nuts and took away um, advertising for everyone little and then they were like oh you can only get it if you get a thousand views so I got close to a thousand views my YouTube channel was really small, and then they're like, "Psych, we changed it to you got to have." Uh, I think it was like a thousand subscribers, and so that took forever. But now I'm at like nine hundred and something subscribers, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, but you need, uh, I think it's five thousand watch hours." So that part's been hard, but I'm at I'm at like three thousand watch hours.
So I'm hoping by March I can get it up to the 5,000 and be able to do advertising stuff. I know I was complaining about advertising and that's because a lot of it, it's unreliable. Like, there are some places I had stream and it's like, I made like 60 cents off a stream once. And it, it only had like an average of three viewers, but then I had another stream that blew up and it had like, it had like 400 views and I made nothing from advertisement. I have no idea what's going on. Makes no sense. And, and like I said, it's not reliable, but I'm hoping to get it to where uh, the YouTube channel can the animation, the photography, the drone footage can start generating some revenue, even if it is like a little bit. That's the plan. That's kind of the state of affairs. I'm trying to get healthier trying to post more reliably I mean that that was the main problem is that like, I do all these edits I do all this animation and then I just don't release it because I don't like how it turned out and then the thing that the issue that I have is that I look back and I was like it was totally fine the part I didn't like wasn't that big a deal I should have just released it and so that the other thing is and then the other thing is like well, I could have been consistently releasing this the whole time. I would have been a lot further along in kind of media creation than I am now, but the good thing is I've gotten it's like in the Matrix. They had the architect and he was like, Well you you have become increasingly efficient. Yeah, what we do. Of course, he was talking about destroying Zion, which I am not. But yeah, I, I am excited to be going back home. I had this kind of like situation where I had to travel. I had to be ready to travel kind of at a moment's notice. So I've been doing a lot of temporary jobs and things like that. But when I get back for good to stay home, I'm looking forward to like doing a reliable job. Like career type stuff and then I can do photography on the side and everything so that's my goal it's like I want a day job I want to sit in a cubicle doing 
Especially if the cubicle has air conditioning. Or work from home, even doing tech support. I'm fine with it. Like, I used to work retail when I did that. That was nice. And there was, like, no surprise. You always got paid. I mean, the amount you got paid changed, but... It was, like... I don't know. Yeah, you had people yelling at you. But it's not like doing media stuff, where it's like, oh, you might get paid, you might not. Blah, blah, blah. That's kind of the state of affairs. Alright, thank you everyone for coming out. See you all later. Bye bye.